0: Welcome to Starfleet Boy, where we have a casual and informal discussion about our beloved series, Star Trek. You are listening to a previously recorded conversation. We're live. Welcome to another exciting episode of Starfleet Boy, and I'm uh, joined today by an epic crew. We have Goldie Scott, our longtime No-See-Cardassian envoy. Hello.
1: Hello. Good afternoon, Starfleet Boy. Thank you for having me.
0: It's nice to have you back. And we have Jamie, the return of Jamie and Saima, also known as Starfleet Man and Starfleet Girl. Hi.
1: Hi. (laughs) Why not Starfleet Man and Woman?
0: Oh yeah, I don't hey, know. not
1: to start anything. Sorry, I don't mean. <laughs>
0: no, there's definitely this needs to be talked about. We'll talk. We'll we'll go deeper into it. That's a good. It's really question. none of my business, actually. And across the pond, we have Gary from Trekker Prize. So hello. Hello everyone. Who Thank you, is- you for having me again. <laughs> You're welcome. He's also disembodied. Goldu Scott and Gary are uh, are disembodied today. I'm working on the problem. <laughs> <laughs> So, uh, even though Starfleet boys recorded, uh, pre-recorded and this episode won't air for like a couple of weeks, um, <laughs> this is the new year episode. So happy new year, everybody.
2: Happy, happy new year.
0: And because it's the new year, I'm going to, uh, pop a bottle of shampoo over here. Um, and, uh, sorry, I can't send you, I can't beam over uh, champagne for you guys. Um. Oh, that was nice. Oh, that was <laughs> nice. Yeah, we're nice going to be done. Oh, <laughs> thank you. messing around over there. Apparently, you're not supposed to hear a pop if you're really good at it. You can do it without that popping sound. Anyways, I toast to 2017, and I toast to you, my friends, and thank you for coming on the show, and here's to another year Here. of Star Trek Boy. Cheers to you guys. Cheers <throat> to you So um, today's episode is The Emissary, Um, not to be confused with Deep Space Nine's The Emissary or Emissary. (laughs) Um, And uh, does anyone want to do the episode summary? I always try. I usually offer it out. No. you go for it yeah <laughs> all you alright so the Enterprise crew is, uh, is faced with a little bit of a situation um, they're uh, informed that there's a 75 year old sleeper ship that is um, basically a, a, a Klingon crew that has been cryogenically frozen um, uh, so that they can wake up and wreak havoc you know on their enemies years later. It's kind of a weird concept. I still am having trouble with it. But anyways, the sleeper ship's waking up. And when they wake up, they're going to be very close to 13 uh, Federation colonies. So the Enterprise has been dispatched to figure out how to stop the situation. Um, So to help them out, the Federation send their emissary, who is a specialist in all things Klingon, and it happens to be uh, K'lar, who uh, we will later find out is the mother of a very important character on the show. Um, anyways, she comes aboard and uh, encounters Worf, and uh, immediately Worf is rude to her and kind of treats her like, you know, uh, he's very just rude, that's basically all you can say. But uh, the reason why he's rude is because he secretly harbors feelings for her, and, uh, as they're working out the Klingon ship problem, uh, they can't help it. And, uh, eventually, uh, th- make love and they have Klingon, Klingon <laughs> sex. Um, and then afterwards it's awkward again because, uh, Worf wants to marry her like right away, like right after they do it. And, uh, Kalar, uh, says that it didn't mean anything. So again, they're fighting, Uh, meanwhile, the Klingon ship, um, uh, comes to bear and, uh, uh, the crew have to deal with it. And, uh, Worf comes up with a plan at the last minute. They're, they're thinking they're going to have to destroy this Klingon ship. And Worf comes up with a plan at the last minute to pretend that he's the captain. I think he just wanted to pretend he was the captain. And uh, they convince the Klingons that there's nothing to worry about. And uh, welcome to 75 years later where there's no more war and uh, Klingons and the Federation are all friends. And uh, then Worf, Uh, The Emissary's mission being over, she's going to go on the Klingon ship and wait for, help them kind of integrate back in society and wait for another ship to arrive. And uh, Worf and Kalar say goodbye and finally admit uh, that they were, that they have feelings for each other. Kalar says it did mean something and that someday she might marry him. And that's it. Episode over. (laughs) That's it. What would you guys think? (laughs) I have a technical
1: question for you, Sohail. Sure, sure. Because, I I mean, I know that Starfleet Boy is a PG-rated show. It is PG-13. There is some hardcore (laughs) SEX going on, and I don't know how we get around talking about it.
0: It's PG-13, and I think sex ed starts at, like, around that age, so it's okay. There was cutting and blood. (laughs) So, I guess we... (laughs)
3: <laughs> I, I just, yeah is that like a is that like a running thing throughout the show that that's how klingons mate is that is that shown more than once
0: i believe this is the very first time we see klingons mate on screen we've only ever heard about um klingon mating yeah. but if you remember goldu scott uh in the episode with the running naked aliens uh the, almost naked aliens. Uh, Worf does say that Klingon sex is very rough, that even a human female could not handle sex with a Klingon male. So we don't actually see the sex because the show is, you know, for, excuse me, all ages, as many ages as possible. Um, so we don't actually see the sex, but we can assume that it's violent and you get the hint of that with the bloodletting in the beginning there. Yeah,
3: really caught us by surprise.
0: Did did any did anyone find it a a turn on, or was it like just gross, or what was the deal?
3: (laughs) It it was weird. Yeah, kind of. I I
0: I actually wasn't sure
3: what was going on for a minute because they started smelling each other's hands, and I was like, oh okay, like this must be a mating thing. Um. And then once I started, like, the, the blood was a bit uh, off putting, It was kind of like, oh, maybe they're actually fighting. Uh, it kind of felt like you're seeing um, You know, it kind of felt like Mr. and Mrs. Smith. It was like, oh, they, they're they like hate fucking language. <laughs> uh, it kind of felt like that. So, I don't know. It, it, was, it was a bit confusing. And then it seemed to really mean a lot to Worf. So, I guess it wasn't that I don't
0: know. Uh, maybe all Klingon sexes hate sex.
3: It might be. I mean, <laughs> that's something so, I've never thought.
0: So, uh, Gary or Goldie Scott, any, any, well, Goldie Scott was the one curious about it. What do you yeah, think? Yeah, I'm
1: glad someone else said fuck before I did. So I don't have to be
0: the
2: no, in my opinion, I, I watched the episode the first time like 15, 16 years ago. So I was like 14, 15 years old. And to be honest, that never happened, Never turned on my mind like, okay, actually they are doing it. Of course, watching it like 30 minutes ago, I was like, uh, yeah, that was like uh, 25, 30 minutes unseen footage. probably. <laughs> <laughs> but, but it's fine. I mean, you have to present the show for uh, multiple audiences and... You have to be was considered what you actually show and what you don't, and I think it was covered um, quite quite delicately. I uh,
0: I also would like to point out to you guys that there are uh, people in the world that actually uh, do uh, enjoy sex while letting blood in some. (laughs) 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 <laughs> so, <laughs> that's like a thing. It's like a fetish of some sort. Um, Tell us more.
1: I've not heard of this. <laughs> well, I,
0: <laughs> I I don't know, uh, I heard. <laughs> I I've not been a part of this, but um Someone in Miami, actually, that I that I, that, <laughs> that I that I am friends with. Um, What's with the
1: nervous laughter? So hell, I well, because
0: I'm i going to try very hard not to reveal this. It's person. just something you heard, right? <laughs> so anyways, this person that I heard, yeah, I definitely heard this. But anyways, yeah, you just um, he okay. liked it when a girl would um, bite into his neck so that he would bleed. There was some kind of vampire fetish thing. So he enjoyed being like submissive to a vampire woman or a pretend (laughs) vampire woman. And they would actually like, they would actually cut skin during their uh, uh, conjugation and, and, uh, and blood would be involved. So
2: Uh, where are we going with this conversation? No, I'm just saying that like
0: (laughs) bloodletting is not necessarily something that is unusual to humans. Like there's in in sexual behavior, um, it, it's not a it's not alien per se that even though we saw this on star trek there is a subset of uh humans that do enjoy some sort of minor bloodletting nothing you know ca- you know nothing fatal obviously uh during uh coitus
3: i'll tell you what uh did catch me off guard uh <laughs> speaking of how rough their mating rituals can be taylor was was half human half klingon and i'd I kind of, I wasn't sure she was going to be able to, you know, handle it, because she's half human. I guess her
1: her vagina is the Klingon half.
3: I I guess, right? That and her forehead. (laughs)
2: Uh, Yeah, I I don't know. I was a bit surprised. Or maybe Worf is not as Klingon as he claimed to be.
0: Right, and and perhaps, you know... I mean, the show does suggest that afterwards uh, it was quite an ordeal. Um, the afterward is handled in such a way where she's she's both pleased and exhausted. So one can imagine that you know it was it was quite a vigorous thing. Um, I have a question. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> okay,
1: where are we? To, are we supposed to to take away from this that if you have sex as Klingons, you're supposed to get married? Like is that? Yeah, a- that's a but thing. in in that earlier episode, you were referring to. Klingon or Klingon Worf was like bragging about his manhood and it seemed he seemed to be bragging like he's had sex before.
0: I don't think he has. So are we to
1: believe either this is his first time or he had sex earlier but it wasn't it, you didn't have to get married that time.
3: I think was his first properties?
0: time. I, I got the impression that it was his first time with a Klingon woman that maybe he has had sex with other species but that this was definitely his first time with a Klingon woman.
2: But he had an argument with Kayla, and, and actually he he said, okay, this is happening again. So they must have something before, right?
3: Then, I, I thought there was an implied history of yeah. sexual intercourse.
0: Oh, and then, then why would he want to marry her?
2: Yeah, it's, this the, time, because
0: it it seems
2: like you're bonded. Maybe, maybe he maybe he thought, okay, that at the beginning they when it happened first they didn't really um, you know feel like or. She, he didn't really expect her denying the celebra the tradition and everything but then now she engaged the thing again and maybe he thought okay now she actually changed her mind and you know just give it a go but it didn't work
3: mm-hmm. yeah. here's uh, why I, I have one more question before we leave the, the I, cause I, I sense <laughs> that we may want to talk about other things as well but yeah we'll- <laughs> <laughs> uh i does this mean she's impregnated because like i don't know like a you know it kind of seemed like we're mated was the term that was used and look i i mean you think klingons are like pulling out or something like what's going on there i, I was i'm a bit confused is she perhaps carrying a child you know oh, yeah. i don't know
0: so yeah, did we just watched the Conception of Alexander. We did. So, uh what Scott is talking about is that um and we won't go too spoilery, but later on we discovered that she what this was her the the date of inception <laughs> conception. Oh. <laughs> or conception. <laughs> Thank you. <Yeah. laughs> and that he's uh uh so yeah, Worf Worf will have a child.
3: And oh, so, well, that's great to
0: know. Yeah, so yeah. Um, according to the memory alpha uh, normally the doctor would be here to answer questions like this but oh. klingon mating rituals were a series of courting traditions held by the klingons uh rituals including combative foreplay blah 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 and so here we go let's see <laughs> traditionally they made it for life and it was not uncommon for them to take commitment oats after only one encounter so that answers the question so it could be his first encounter with her But it's not necessarily
1: Hmm. i don't buy it i think we discovered a plot (laughs) hole
0: (laughs) um here it says that the uh uh while a full klingon marriage ceremony involved many witnesses and an elaborate reenactment of the klingon creation myth uh (laughs) that would be amazing (laughs) the much briefer oath of marriage (laughs) required no officiant or witnesses and was accepted legally and socially as constituting marriage by mutual consent. And they refer to the Kalar, uh, moment there, uh, in, um, did, so Kalar did not recite her half of the oath when Worf invoked it following their mating, fearing the damage it would cause to their respective careers, which we, we could talk about that. Do you think marriage causes (laughs) damage to careers?
1: Well, yeah. Look at uh, O'Brien and Keiko;
0: they're doing really well. What are you talking about?
1: They're always fighting. That's true. <laughs> well, I think O'Brien it was in this episode too. That was that was fun to see. It kind of depends because they seem to have like um, a professional, uh, like a professional relationship as well. So I can see how the marriage would create conflicts with their professional relationship.
0: Right. One of them would have to leave their post. Yeah. Right.
3: Yeah, they're both very professionally driven people. I think uh, maybe uh, marriage is not the right thing uh, for for them. I do feel like it would get in the way. I do. I mean, the whole episode was about their relationship getting in the way, um, for better or worse. So yeah, I don't know. I mean, I, I can kind of side with Klar on that one. Uh, I feel like it probably wasn't the right thing for them, and it kind of felt like Worf was like, um, like you know, when it's like you're. Do in love with someone. It's like you've just been on a few dates and it's like, oh, no, no like you're way too into this. I thought you that know.
0: too. Yeah. Um, you know. So War- question: Worf seemed eager to you guys. Yeah. Over- are
1: you kidding? <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. You've sex yeah.
1: with someone one time and you're telling them they have to marry you, not even like asking, like demanding. Like, what, what was that all about?
0: That's true. He did demand. <laughs> That's a good observation. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I come from a a family uh, that that has some really um, interesting. Uh, well, Pakistani culture has some interesting traditional values that, and I could kind of relate to that. There's like a sense of honor and things like that. Like I feel like not anymore, but like definitely like 50 years ago, uh, this wouldn't have been uh, um, you know an uncommon thing. Like if a couple uh happen to have sex they would probably have felt more obligated to get married in 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 human past as well so i can kind of relate to to worf you know klingon culture is a lot more uh e- even more tr- uh, strict it sounds than any uh than any human culture might be at the current time at the moment
1: but since when is is worf so all about klingon culture like i thought that's the whole point of his character is that he lives outside of klingon society and didn't grow up in it and doesn't really understand it that well and
0: he, but he's he, but the show has shown so far
2: fascinated about, you know, culture. yeah from the beginning as far as i know and, and i would, would say
0: i would say yeah the show there's there's evidence in the show so far i mean he's in con i would agree with both of you in the sense that he is in conflict because he does he, he does feel a part from he's so he doesn't feel n- neither fully klingon and he definitely doesn't feel accepted as a human so his conflict is more about finding that balance and he and then on top of that um just by being a klingon his instincts are very strong uh it seems like klingons kind of are 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 they fight you know their instincts in a in um in a harder way than than perhaps humans do because they have these very strong instinctual desires to like fight and like you know uh, the bloodlust as I think it's been referred to on past occasions and then you'll remember that um, in the pain stick episode I mean that was a big deal Worf was at odds because he was had no one to uh, to celebrate the anniversary of his right to ascension or whatever it's called not right to ascension what was it called I forgot but <laughs> um, anyways the point is, is that yeah I think he is in conflict with his Klingon side he wants to be a good Klingon he wants to be seen as a, a Klingon and oftentimes when he encounters Klingons that have not been around humans um, they look down on him as though he's not quite one of them. Uh, And then around humans and other species, oftentimes because of the way Klingons uh, are, um, there's this like kind of apprehension or fear and, and to get to know him. So he doesn't really fit in, in either direction. So Worf's got a tough life.
3: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I guess she's kind of like the, the perfect problem her work because she is half human half playing she kind of represents this uh dilemma look i just referred to a woman as a perfect problem i'm very sorry about this uh we've already discussed that starkweed girl might have to change you know her name, we'll, we'll just do an episode on that
0: uh wow but you know I, that's uh, a good. That's a good uh, title for a song. Actually, the perfect problem. It could be. You could turn it into something romantic.
3: Yeah, it's a <laughs> Nail song. Oh, I was going to say it's a Cheryl Sher- Crow song. That's what it sounds like. <laughs> Maybe It's a collaboration. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I, I think I think it's I think Kalar's a well-written character in that respect. I do want to say that this is very tangential, but I had in my notes here uh, spray tan, and let me just say spray tan <laughs> on Kalar was unbelievably bad. Uh, I think they could have just let that go, Now I have a tan.
0: <laughs> Any thoughts out there on that, or am I am I the only one? I I watch it on a computer and like, I don't know if my resolution's high enough, but I didn't notice her. Oh, I
1: definitely noticed it. I've got a (laughs) nice big TV screen and uh, (laughs) it was clear, but that's something I've always seen on this show in many episodes. Like I'll see uh, where Data's makeup ends on the bottom of his neck. You know, you'll see this little line of regular skin and his chest hair popping out. (laughs) <laughs> they definitely didn't mean for these to be seen on 50-inch screens in, uh, in HD. Right.
0: I don't think that was the intention either. But um, the funny thing is, is that do you think that like after a while, they're just phoning at home a little bit like the makeup? Because <laughs> they have to do it like every day for like we're at like our 50th episode now. And so, right, like,
1: there was I, actually I don't even movie. think it's.
0: Oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead.
3: No, I was just going to say it was actually one scene in in the boardroom where maybe they shot it towards the end of the production on that episode. She had no spray tan and she walked out into into the hallway and, and we cut into the hallway and she suddenly got this orange face back and uh, <laughs> it was really off-putting.
0: <laughs> you guys really noticed a lot of stuff that I didn't know.
2: <laughs> 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 Yeah. Um, I, I, I kind of I saw Suzy Plaxton on stage in the Destination Star Trek Hero Convention uh, October and she actually turned to Kalar and that was one of the most interesting experiences that actually I saw in my life and um, she was talking and the makeup artist was like uh, building up the skin color and, and the wig and the, the forehead and everything and it was just an amazing experience and she turned into Kalar at the end the, so and you're saying... didn't really have tan or something i mean that was just a shade of uh, brown or something what you know, sh- they actually applied on her and she looked amazing
0: well well but what i think what jamie was saying is it looks like spray tan it looked fake oh, well, <laughs> yeah well
3: So are you saying they um they actually like uh on stage yeah turned
0: turned they the doing... yeah exactly wow. yeah the same actress this was at destination star trek this last yeah. year. oh wow that's, yeah.
3: that's that's something. she must get paid a lot of money to sit there and that, have, i mean can people talk to her when she's on stage or
0: is it like yeah.
2: no she can, she... no absolutely i mean she had a microphone in the in the audience had a microphone as well and and everyone was just um asking questions about um, you know what makeup or which, which one was your favorite uh character actually you played and she was always referring to Q because she didn't have to put that that much makeup on. <laughs> oh, right so on! Yeah, but it, it was it was really interesting. And actually, when she turned into Kalar, there was some light effects and and fog and everything. And she started to uh, gave uh, a monologue from Kalar itself herself. It was, oh wow! It was <laughs> just amazing. Yeah. I actually it had was two the questions. whole package.
1: Did Did you think she played a Q also?
0: Hmm. No, she, she kept,
1: say that she played a Q. Also, I
0: think Gary said she kept she kept referring to Q because he didn't have to wear any makeup. He was at the event as well, right?
2: Yeah. Oh. No, no. Well, John Denzey was there as well, but um, no, no. Kayla uh, Susie Plaxton said she better liked uh, wear, uh, better liked playing Q because she didn't really. Oh, she played a Q. Any. She played Q. Yeah, in Voyager.
0: M2 oh. Asia.
2: Oh, I remember <laughs> that. I don't remember. She said to Captain James, like, what the hell? No, the Q, what the hell are you doing with this puppy? And it was like, I'm not referring to the dog. (laughs) That was was like a cool scene. Oh, cool. And she was a delightful character in Voyager.
0: That's something we have to look forward to when we get to our Voyager reviews in like seven years. But, uh... (laughs) (laughs)
1: Look
0: forward to. (laughs) Uh, 2024... yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, what um what did you guys think about the Klingon strategy of uh cryogenically freezing a warship uh filled with uh you know sh- uh warriors on their warship and having them activate 75 years at- later in the hopes that like um they could wreak havoc upon enemies.
1: I <laughs> thought it was a, the most interesting concept of the show, and they ignored it the whole time for all the war, uh, relationship drama bullshit. <laughs> I, I agree. I'd I I much actually rather agreeing. watch an episode about those guys and seeing them reintegrate into society now and all that stuff.
3: Yeah. That feels like the better Star Trek episode. I will say, uh, overall, not a big fan of this episode. I feel like uh, when they came back towards the end, when they came back to that uh, plot about the Klingon ship, I had completely forgotten about it. I'd forgotten Me that
1: too. <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Me too. I thought maybe did they come through a time travel wormhole thing? I didn't <laughs> know where they came from. Right.
3: Right. <laughs>
1: yeah, it's an odd
3: strategy. Uh I don't know. It
1: kinda of feels like
3: uh if the war was really that tense, why would you sacrifice these these uh soldiers to like in hopes that seventy five years later something's still going on. Was it seventy five years? I thought it was
1: a few, yeah, yeah 75. seventy-five. And the other, the other interesting thing too is that at this time when this first came out, um, Star Trek Six hadn't come out yet. So there were still a lot of unanswered questions about how the Klingons and and the Federation made peace. And this would have been a great opportunity for them to start addressing that and answering those. And you know, I, I don't know. Feels like a little bit of a tease.
0: Well, I think it was a tease. So that Star Trek Six.
1: No, but Star Trek yeah. 6 was still many years. Ago. Like, Star Trek 5 hadn't even come out yet.
0: Oh, I think mm-hmm. now, I think Star Trek 5 does come out this season. It's season 2, and then season 4 is Star Trek 6. Season 4 or 5, I'm not sure.
3: Mm-hmm. Do you really think they were... like? Do you think there's that much brand synergy that they would be hinting at it? Because they, we've already established <laughs> that they used Susie Plaskin to play two different characters. That's how unresourceful they were.
0: I don't think uh, I don't think that there was any kind of like a uh, solid plan at this time to address what happens in Star Trek six. But I think that like the writers probably were directed maybe by Gene Roddenberry. I'm guessing this is now I have no actual knowledge of Star Trek, but I would guess that there was some kind of mandate to not you know, to keep it vague. For whatever reason, they're keeping it vague as to why the Klingons and the Federation um, or how the peace came came to be because maybe they want to reveal it over the, the course of the show. I don't know. There, but I, But Scott's right that there's not really, there wasn't really a lot about it, but there was an opportunity in this episode to talk about it some more, I think, for sure. Right. Yeah.
1: And that would yeah, be I much think more we're... interesting than uh, the relationship stuff. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and Which thought is rare. I would, I would
3: almost never say that about a Star Trek episode, but it just feels like that would have been the, the better plot
0: line. <laughs> Any thoughts, Gary?
2: No. <laughs> <laughs> no, actually, I was kind of thinking about the uh, between Diana Troy and Kalar. Because you know, Diana, from the first time, uh, she actually approached Kalar like, um, "Okay, you're one of you're like basically me because I'm half Betazoid, half Klingon, and half human. She's, right? uh, half human, and I'm half you're half Klingon, half uh, human." And you know, I, I know what you're going through, and you know, I, it just it just felt like a little bonding between uh, the two characters. It wasn't for a long time, obviously, but because Wolf took over all the scenes. But <laughs> but yeah, that that was that was actually what I was thinking, and it was it was a nice touch actually. Well, because I got a little bit. Um, the was Diana going through back then, and. You got the same situation in Kalar, and actually, you can see she has temper problems at the end.
0: And and I think that uh, I thought that that was a little like uh, I don't know. I felt like Counselor Troy was just kind of going through her uh, textbook uh, and seeing (laughs) how she could kind of relate to to a Klingon, half Klingon, half human. I I didn't really get the sense that she was really helping, Um, although Kalar seemed to. Be polite about it and appreciate it. I did sense this kind of idea. Like, really? Do you really know what it's like to be a half Klingon, half human? You know, like <laughs> you look like a full human. You don't. You know, she at least Troy can integrate into human society a lot easier. Hey, I just realized something. What's that? Kalar's very existence
1: proves or disproves Worf's whole thing about human women can't handle uh, Klingon penises. <laughs> yes. Absolutely all true. Right. How
0: do you know it wasn't Unless a Unless it hum- was a
1: human dad? I don't
0: dad, know. how do you know her father isn't human? I think she uh, says it in the... In
3: it the, is referred to in the episode.
0: So uh, Let me see what, he, what, what the memory mom, office mom is, human.
1: is. Her mom is human because she keeps referring to the sense of humor that she got from her mother.
0: Oh, right on. Okay. There you go.
1: so you know what that makes me think in that old episode where Worf was saying that shit he was making excuses because he was afraid to go down to the sex planet because he was a virgin
0: he's a virgin there you go that's that's what and then this
1: this episode we see him lose his virginity and at the same time he loses his mind (laughs) it makes total sense now
3: yeah
2: Hmm. <laughs> no, I don't, I don't know if you remember, but in DS9 actually, he he reveals uh, for Jetzia he he is he's afraid to have intimate relationship with uh, other species because the accident what happened with him in a in a school and and, the, and actually one of the schoolmates um, um, died because in a, in a football match or something and he he was so excited and and that's why he didn't really want to engage. Uh, Intimate relationship with anyone else but Klingon, so that oh. that was another really little point. But they didn't know till that DS Nine episode came out.
0: Hmm. Wow, that's a good uh, we, yeah, good nugget, yeah. <laughs> good nugget, exactly. <laughs> 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 hmm. So, okay, what did you guys think of the way the the solution? I mean, like it looked like they were gonna have to blow up the Klingon ship or do some crazy shit and Worf comes up with his plan to pretend he's the captain of the Enterprise so that it would be easier for the Klingons to kind of accept that uh, there is no more war. What did you guys think of that? I thought it was bullshit.
3: It was very odd. Like, I, <laughs> the second introduced oh, the yeah. storyline, I was like, this is <laughs> what they're going to do. Like It was very predictable. It, was, it felt a lot like Deus Ex Mach. So here's my thing. Uh, it was like they're communicating with the with the other ship right uh and then i guess we go to commercial or i'm not sure once we come back it's like they've got this klingon garb on (laughs) there there's just this whole elaborate thing happened and the first thing i thought was where did they get those clothing items
0: so can I, I can that? actually so i can ask, actually answer this for you because uh it's something you'd have to you'd have to watch a lot of star trek to know but you can actually like walk into a cloth, like it's a virtual closet and it it'll beam the appropriate clothing onto your body and then you walk out and it's like you're not, it, it takes like 10 seconds to get dressed
2: okay Okay. so
1: there was that established is that is that on screen canon no that's head canon okay so he just made that up not a real thing oh great oh
0: great you gotta be careful with so he
1: doesn't have a lot he just
0: makes shit up Oh, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm just saying if you're a society that's sophisticated enough to have transporters, that it's not outside the realm of possibility <laughs> that you could. Why change. would an
3: enterprise ship be able to, to beam Klingon clothing onto you? Look, here's, here's the other thing. <laughs> here's the other thing. If they chose warriors to, to cryogenically freeze and send into the future, they would send the smartest ones. And they would have been a lot more skeptical than they were,
1: Orf was saying, right?
0: I don't know that they would freeze the smartest unless the freezing
1: slowed down their their looks- brain uh, neurons or whatever. They can't think as well. That that must be it.
3: <laughs> I mean, that's got to be it. Like, it, it was just it was it was basically Worf just saying no, I'm right, twelve times, and then they were like, okay, well, fine. They, fine. You know, you...
0: Worf's ideas get Worf's ideas usually get shot down. So this is one of the first instances I can remember where they actually decide, where Picard actually decides. Oh, you know, it's a good idea. Let's try it. <laughs> I
2: don't know. I was thinking the whole the end of this episode when he actually had this scene with the other Klingon ship. Um, this is what fans actually talking about. We need a Captain Worf series. And you can hate me now, <laughs> but actually, I think it was brilliant. It in, of course, we have to think about it. it's it's. Late '80s, so presentation is a bit different. But I think, <laughs> but I think, if, watching it the first time, like 15, 16 years ago, it it literally um, it kept me and it, it it made me believe. Okay, he's like a powerful guy. He's dealing with a difficult situation, and he's 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 the captain
0: for the ship. <laughs> um. So just to like, I. I guess like a wharf show would have been interesting because Klingons are really popular. Um, they're like extremely popular in Star Trek. Um, and in fact, I don't know if this is true, Gary, but did you see a lot of Klingons? I, I know I noticed in every, every time there's like footage of a of a um, of a, a convention, there's always a lot of Klingon people dressed up as Klingons. Do you think that was true at the convention you went to?
2: Well, the more people dressed up as a Starfleet officer from different sort of um, eras. So, eras That's yeah, um, Yeah. Well, I had the same uniform as well, so. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, there was quite a lot of uh, uh, person, actually, people who dressed up as a Klingon and Andorian. Surprisingly, uh, Borg meant not, not as much, but they were noticeable. And even, even someone at Drag uh, dressed up as Lexan Troy.
0: Oh, nice! And it looks like Star <laughs> Trek. It looks like Star Trek Discovery is going to be Klingon centric. We're not hundred percent sure yet, but it looks like there's going to be a lot of Klingon uh, action going on in Star Trek Discovery because I think it takes place during a, a, a wartime era and with Klingons. Guys, I looked it up <laughs> about the clothing. <laughs> oh God! Oh boy! In Voyager, during Chakotay's Starfleet uh, career, he was involved in a transporter malfunction. His uniform ended up in a pattern buffer. He materialized wearing only his comm badge. And then removal of clothing using a transporter can also be done deliberately, as a group of Ferengi did to Diana and Loxana Troy in oh, yeah. the TNG Finish episode Troy. Menage Troy, yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> It looks like if you can take clothing off using the transporter, it's a pretty safe bet you can also put clothing back on.
1: I, mean, I have a quick question. I'm sorry. I hate to bring it back to the awful plot, but uh, just a quick question. So, so Kalar's whole function the, the Klingon Empire sent her to retrieve this ship that they knew was waking up.
0: It was um, yeah. She's a special. Okay. So that's
1: and yet when it when they get to the ship, she's got to go through all this trickery. And if Worf hadn't been there, who knows if they would have succeeded. I mean, why not just send an actual Klingon Warbird to go pick it up? They,
0: they uh, That's a part you missed. There was a Klingon Warbird on the way, yeah. but the <laughs> Enterprise was... <laughs> yeah, <I'm so> sure. <laughs> was, two was that days. like the very beginning? Like <laughs> yeah. <Latin Asian>? yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. It was like two days closer. Who can I remember them? those? <laughs> um, well, I guess for me, I, I feel like we've kind of figured out that this episode maybe looked like it was going to be exciting with this whole, you know, sleepership concept. But then for the most part, it went off track into this like romantic uh, foray and you guys uh, didn't really... Think that was as as uh, compelling. Uh, we're gonna ch- for the new year. We're gonna change our rating system on Starfleet Boy. I think I talked about this uh, with Scott before. We're not doing ratings anymore. It's gonna be thumbs up and thumbs down. Oh God! Just like Cisco and Evar. Uh, what if you're behind? <laughs> you're between the two, <laughs> then you can say uh, sideways. Sideways thumb. Yes. Yeah, so sideways. Okay. But I would urge you to try to have a thumbs up or a thumbs down reaction. So I'll go first. For me, uh, this episode was a thumbs down. I agree with uh, the group here. I think that um, there was a lot more uh, that could have been done with the Klingons that I mean, these are frozen Klingons for 75 years. What a cool story uh, in that. And it's just treated as like a uh, uh, would it Scott, would that be a MacGuffin? No. What? I don't know. Someone told me what a MacGuffin is, but I can never- A no, MacGuffin
3: is I... like the object you, you
1: find that, that solves everything.
0: Oh, then it's definitely not the- You mean a red herring? Great, yeah. They treat it as like a red herring instead. I don't know. I'll
1: be honest. I stopped listening to you for the minute.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so this episode is a thumbs down for me. Uh, what about you guys?
1: Uh, okay, I'll, I'll Oh, okay yeah thumbs down for me too
0: <laughs> so it's two thumbs down
1: the hot sex almost saved it but not enough skin for me <laughs> or <More laughs> enough blood there need to be a little more skin and a little more blood <laughs> uh, there's
3: something about blood coming out of fingernails that is just most unappealing i forgot to mention that earlier but it would have been far less gross if the bloodletting had not been from fingernails
0: what, uh, what Like, what area would have been there I think, Jamie, I think her fingernails pierced this part of her skin. Well, so- there's
3: no way of telling. <laughs> Gene Roddenberry should have clarified. <laughs> uh, I will say, uh, and I guess I'll go. Do you want to go first?
1: I give it a thumbs down.
3: I also give it a thumbs down. Uh, I think. I think it's a. I think it's a bad episode of great show. will say the one thing i did like in this episode was that they opened with a poker match they established that war and they they followed through on that theme towards the end i would have liked one scene with data where things to data how you knew the plan would work because i think it would have wrapped up that gambling plot very nicely um but yeah that was a nice touch otherwise the episode was pretty
0: garbage that was a nice little nugget there too jamie thank you and how about you gary trekker prize what's going on with your uh, thumbs up thumbs down
2: (laughs) Uh, well you 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 are gonna hate me now but i'm going to go for a thumbs up and the reason why the reason why because uh i still um try to think what was my first impression when i saw the the episode and being a 14 year old uh seeing that episode actually it, it kept me It kept me entertained it kept me uh, thinking about the whole thing and even if it was a love story i didn't understand back then but i kind of understand now so from a 14 15 year old um self myself i i will give it a thumbs up
0: interesting so four thumbs down and one thumbs up and just to (laughs) say i did i did not remember this episode even existed and i saw it when it originally aired so i forgot about it until I saw it again so I had the opposite <laughs> experiences <laughs> you Gary <laughs> um, but that's cool hey <laughs> I like the thumbs up thumbs up Gary right.
3: you're, right. you're right
0: what's that yeah, I was just no nah,
3: never mind I was just doing a little I said I do hate you now Gary but <laughs> no. <laughs> ah, cool
1: why don't they
0: marry you? <laughs> Nobody hates you for liking it. Oh, this and
1: I just want to point out another little uh Deep Space Nine nugget. When they were in the holodeck no. that that thing with the skeleton face that they were fighting, um, mm. those mm-hmm. pop up again uh in DS nine, you see Wharf and Jadzia training against them.
0: Oh, oh interesting.
1: Yeah. True. There's some sort of Klingon death myth thing,
0: I guess. And the skeletor, yeah, it's like yeah. interesting.
1: And <laughs> I did like the uh, I
3: did like the set. The set design on uh, on the uh, calisthenics program was uh, gorgeous. I Just want to throw that in there.
0: Yeah. Well it's the second time we're seeing that set, so it's pretty cool. They use, oh. they, and I guess the third time is on DS Nine. Is it the same set, Goldust? I can't remember.
1: <laughs> um, I, it's possible. I I would have thought, you know, they were in the same studio. I don't know how much they upgraded. Where do they? Over-
0: yeah, I wonder if years. all these sets are just kept over the years. I wonder, or if they're well, really they built easy to... a lot
1: of new sets for DS Nine too. I mean, the the Promenade and a lot yeah. of that stuff was brand new, so they put a lot of money into building new new sets.
0: Speaking of uh, DS Nine, before we sign off, I would you like to give a plug uh, for Drunk Space Nine? <laughs> You just did it for me. Thank you. <laughs> so, if you listen to Starfleet Boy, uh, well, you can watch Starfleet Boy on YouTube. You can listen to it on uh, podcast. Uh, either just search search Google for Starfleet Boy podcast, or uh, search iTunes. Um, but then, if you're if if you're not into the PG thirteen thing and you want to go. Uh, I guess is it? Are we rated R on Drunk Space Nine, or possibly NC NC (laughs) (laughs) Seventeen? If you're looking for a more uh, of an NC Seventeen type of conversation, tune into Drunk Space Nine, where we uh, review uh, or talk about Star Trek: Deep Space Nine mostly. Lots of cutting. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Well, I want to thank all of you for coming, taking the time out on New Year's Day. Uh, to uh, come on Starfleet Boy and talk about this episode. Uh, I wish it was a, I wish I timed it so we would have a, a bang of an episode for New Year's Day, but unfortunately I didn't do that. Instead, um, so we got the emissary. Uh, we anyway, did it
2: this season three.
0: <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Anyways, um, it was nice to see all of you. Happy New Year, and live long and prosper. And see you next time. Oh, I, long I,
2: prosper. Prosper. I I have trouble I've
0: doing that. <laughs> <laughs>